Greetings and salutations. Hi. I'm Josh Belcher. Get the super sauce. I'll change into my super suit. <laughs> this is Uncharted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, shapes, sorts, and sizes. Thank you for tuning in to the Uncharted Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Belcher. December is here in Tennessee. Um, the house is filled with Christmas decor. The electric bill is going to be huge. I am happy and healthy. And uh, everything's clicking on all cylinders. Everything's been good. My football teams are winning. Uh, got a brand new bass, courtesy of my friend Sam Madewell. as my Christmas gift. I've been practicing on that like a madman, learning, you know, strings, uh, tablatures, chords, whatever you want to call it. Uh, was a drummer once upon a time, was pretty good at it, but about to have total reconstructive shoulder replacement surgery on my right shoulder, the one I write with, the one I slam the drums the hardest with. So I'm going to have to give up my tenure as a mediocre drummer and I'm going to pick up the bass because I can kind of lean my hand on the bass and, you know, do my little thing, do my plucking. Really excited about that. Like I said, special shout out to Sam Madewell for generously gifting me for Christmas a really awesome five-string PV bass. And um, I'm loving it, practicing. It's giving me a new uh, lease on things that uh, I'm doing. Having an issue with my dog. I looked it up online. They said it's, uh, you know, according to... Google, uh, he's got some kind of allergy deal. He's constantly backing it up, his butt, wherever my hand's at. As a matter of fact, I'm scratching it right now because he's right next to me. Uh, he's got allergies or he's got something going on in his anal area, his back area. Uh, I'm surprised it hadn't been getting raw. I've put $20 shampoo on him. I don't guess it's working. Uh, so any help or advice with that, hit me up. Let me know what to do. I love him. He's just itching like a madman. Um, other than that, I've got a great lineup of guests this week. Uh, I'll introduce them as I go, and we'll get started. Just thank you so much for listening to the Uncharted Podcast. I'm always grateful that you take the time. It's growing, getting bigger with every episode, and if you stick around, I'll stick around because it means so much to me. It's uh, an awesome little hobby project I've had going, 80-plus uh, episodes now, and I'm really grateful for all my guests and all the people in front of and behind the scenes that make it possible. Uh, just really thankful for it. So uh, thank you all, and uh, I'll quit you know, running my mouth here in the intro. Let's get rocking and rolling. The Uncharted Podcast. Here we go. Next up on the podcast, singer-songwriter Ward Davis. A breath of fresh air in what is now what we call country music. It's coming up next on the Uncharted Podcast. Lord, I just I just want to tell you, man, this this album, like I said, straight fire. It hits you in the feels, makes you happy, makes you emotional, makes you sad, makes you glad, all in one shot. You got a you got a masterpiece here, dude. Uh, uh, let's talk about it. Black cats and crows, which uh, I love the song, man. Uh, the, the devil's in the details. Perfect. Oh yeah, <laughs> man. I, yeah, I wrote that with. Uh, I wrote that with uh, Tennessee Jet and Cody Jinks, man. That was, yeah. I think probably that was the last song I actually wrote that ended up on the record. Not the last one we recorded, but yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, it's you know, 
I like that song. It feels like it's kind of got a metal lyric, like a uh, which which is Cody and his little twisted brain. But uh, it's got that it's got the country structure, and I played piano on it, so it's like a, it's, it's a little bit of all of us on that, I think. Yeah, fantastic. I love uh, the the words, especially. I love the song, but the description because myself, I felt that way several times <laughs> in, in a lifetime. So you just you you've got a song there that can appeal to at least uh, half of the half of the country. I'd imagine. <laughs> oh shit! Everybody's depressed, man. It's awful. I mean, and great at the same time. <laughs> yep. That's true. We got so much going on right now. Twenty twenty. I'm I'm glad that we're going to a closing point. I'm ready to get back out there and, and see concerts. Come catch one of yours. Hopefully, if uh, everything opens back up. Oh God, dude. I, we you know we've been doing a lot. I, I've been pretty busy since July. We're doing a lot of private stuff, uh-huh. like pri- private shows. And, and I do. We have had like regular shows. Um, uh, you know, we've got a couple days off here. We're playing Friday and. Uh, in Greenville, South Carolina here. Right on. But, uh, but yeah, it's been mostly privates, and, dude, all this limited capacity shit, it's just, it's, it's been difficult to, to, you know, make the nut, and, and you just, you, you get the day before the show, and you don't know if it's going to cancel, you know, what kind of mandates are going to happen. It's just been weird, weird. Yeah, it is. And, plus, I've been to one show in the last couple of months, and, it's hard to, to to rock and dance and jump around when you're having to be spaced apart. It just don't work. No oh, shit, man. And yeah, and how can you breathe with that shit on your face? It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. It, man, like honestly, since because of the limited capacity and because most of them are privates, like it's been, it's. I think I've done one full band show since uh, since March. It's been all acoustic, so it's like. You know, it's a different show now. Like, I I've enjoyed doing the acoustic stuff because, man, I'm a I'm a songwriter. I've always, you know, I I lived in Nashville and worked in that whole scene for you know about 15 years. And like, as far as all that goes, I cut my teeth at the Bluebird Cafe, you know, and you show yeah, up with yeah. your guitar and and all, it's just a guy and a song. And I've always enjoyed that format. So it's it's been nice. It's been a like as far as just like me enjoying what I'm doing. That's that's been a whole different thing. But yeah, I'm I miss I miss my band. I miss rocking. I miss jamming, man. It's it's it it is what it is though. I just I just gotta roll with it. That's right. It'll it'll be over soon, and hopefully we'll look back in a few years and and kind of be like, oh, I'm glad that's over. But uh, anyway, uh, just like I said, really enjoyed this album. Uh, Book of Matches is is my jam uh, of the whole thing. I really like uh, the way that one was structured. That's a, that's a good, uh, that's a good group, man. Good job on that one. Thanks, man. I, I wrote that with my, uh, my friend, Bob Regan, man. We wrote that about 10 years ago. Um, really? Yeah, dude, some of these songs on there, I, I think the oldest one on there is 16 years old. Um, a lot of these songs are, are songs that I wrote, you know, tr- while, during, during the time of my life when I was trying to get, you know, our other artists to record my stuff. Yeah. Uh, in Nashville, and man, I, I I always leaned into the real, you know, like real life. And man, as as during my tenure there, like I think they Nashville and commercial country music in general just kind of started leaning away from real life, and they yeah. went into this this uh, fantasy land where everything was fireball and blue jeans and tailgates and, you know, just, uh, 
whatever. I'm 41 years old, man, and, and I was I was never riding. You know, even when I was a kid or during those days, I was never riding with. Uh, you know, a lot of guys my age, I was always riding with the older guys because, you know, that was my that was my gauge. You know, I was riding with guys that would make me better, and uh, we we always ended up song, writing songs about life, like real life. And I don't know, man. It's, uh, you, you you turn on the radio now, and it's just I don't know. It's it it, it feels like a fantasy. This yeah. fantasy. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a it's like spring break every song. Yeah, uh, and, and you know you bring that up, and, and I'm not just saying it because you're here with me. I'm I'm 38, so I'm right there with you. But uh, yeah. the kind of country you play is what I like, and uh, it's like everything now is basically like going to like uh, you know a fast food restaurant, and just saying, hey, I'll take a number one with fries. It's all just mushed in together, and it's just it's too much. It's overbearing. Well, dude, you grew up in the 90s, like yeah. Uh, you know, I listened growing up. When I started playing country music, like I learned how to, I learned how to play piano listening to Garth Brooks songs, and I learned how to write songs. You know, writing with, uh, writing with the guys that had written, you know, the hits during the '90s. Like, uh, there, there's a song on the on the record. I think it's track uh, 13. It's called "Good to Say Goodbye." Yep. I wrote that. I wrote that with this guy named uh, Carrie Kurt Phillips, and. Terry Kurt wrote uh, shit. He wrote Pickup Man, nice. <laughs> but, he, but he also but he also wrote Choices and you know oh, Too boy. Hot to Fish, Too Hot for Golf, and Too Cold at Home. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> and those were those were not necessarily you know growing up. You hear those songs on the radio. You're 14 years old. You don't know. I didn't know shit about you know Too Cold at Home. I do now. Yeah. But but that you know that perspective and that that real life experience that that used to be part of country music songwriting like I mean I still do it but it's just not it's not uh, the cool kids don't do that anymore and yeah it, but I don't care yeah I think uh, you're too cold at home is probably probably good and drunk uh, you know that that uh, kind of gave me that feel uh, like you you went through something in that song like that feels too personal to not have been a story that you've actually lived out. Oh, Josh, dude, I came home, uh, I was, I, I mean, I guess it was about two years ago, uh, about uh, almost three years ago, I, I came home from a tour, I was on, did did some uh, run of shows with uh, Sonny Sweeney, mm-hmm. and uh, man, I came home, and man, everything, everything I owned was packed up in boxes in my garage, like, my, my ex, but she had not, uh, you know, she wasn't real happy with me, I guess, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> But I, I had these uh I had all these boxes and man, all I wanted to do was to to find a bottle of whiskey and drink it. But shit, she she'd packed up my whiskey so I didn't know where it was. <laughs> so I started writing that song. Um I actually finished it on the way to the studio and, and the the third verse I wrote on the way to the studio and recorded it. Yeah, and it's got that like uh uh, the, and what I like you do is you, you're reintroducing that the importance of like the piano to like outlaw true country, and it, it reminds me like the, the the licks on it is like uh, like Charlie Rich and Floyd Kramer had like a love child. That's what I think about when I hear them cheese. Oh man, you're speaking about dude. I, that that little flicker that the da 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 da. That's a, that's man. I ripped that straight out of the, the Floyd Kramer playbook. Like that. Was just, <laughs> That I mean seriously, like it it's that that's man, that's that's 
uh, very flattering that you heard that to me because it was uh, Floyd was a huge influence on me. And yeah, and, I was. Uh, <laughs> and, and dude, if you listen to Behind Closed Doors, da 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 da, yeah. Charlie Rich, man. Yeah, I was talking to a buddy of mine who who's a huge fan of yours as well. Said he wants to jam with you one day, but that's another story. But anyway, we were talking about how important like the the piano to that just makes the song. And and then I had brought up uh, Charlie Rich, and then he had mentioned Floyd Kramer. I was like, man, I totally forgot about Floyd Kramer. But I mean, well, how how can you though, right? You know what I mean? Well, Floyd played like you know he had his own career as you know like a solo artist, I guess. You know, he never sang a note, but you know, you go back and listen to like Floyd Kramer played on Crazy. Go listen to the Patsy Cline record. Yeah, da 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 da. That's Floyd, man, and he was he was as big a part of uh, the the creation of the Nashville sound, the country music sound that ever you know everybody. Um, and and he influenced everybody, man. And uh, yeah, like it, it it's that that's. That's the kind of stuff that, that reared me, you know, that I cut my teeth on. It wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, when I was a kid, yeah, I listened to a lot of Garth Brooks, but, yeah, I also listened to a lot of old Merle Haggard records and a lot of old Waylon records and Patsy Cline and, and Willie and all that old stuff, man. And that's, that's I, I don't, I mean, if I've, if I've derived my sound from anybody, it's been everybody before 1990. 90, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what I gravitate to when I hear it, and that's that's how I became such a fan of yours. And then, you know, you had mentioned, you know, a lot of these guys, we talk about like these uh, these new cookie-cutter artists, they sing about Merle Haggard, Willie Nelson, but none of them hold the candle to them. You've actually written songs for them, which I think is like beyond one of the coolest things you could ever do in a lifetime. Yeah, man. I, like, <laughs> I tell people, like, a lot of people ask me about you know, Will, Willie and Merle recorded Unfair Weather Friend, and I still have a hard time, like, reconciling that in my head because I never, you know, I moved to, when I decided that music was going to be a, my life and I moved to Nashville and I started writing songs, you know, I wanted I wanted Kenny Chesney to record one of my songs. I wanted George Strait to record one of my songs. Like, you know, you set these goals for yourself that are realistic because you're living yeah. in a business and you're living in a world where that kind of thing happens sometimes. Yeah. And the thought that Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard might someday cut a song that I wrote, it never crossed my mind. Like, I, I was just not going to set myself up for that kind of disappointment. And so when they did, and I'm telling you, man, and I, and I mean this sincerely, I'll, I'll hear that song, I'll go in a bar and somebody will play it on the jukebox or before one of my shows, they'll have it playing on the, you know, on the PA before I play. It's still hard to listen to that and realize that I had any part of that because it's it, it's so surreal and it's so unbelievable and it's, you know, but, but essentially them recording that song was the day that I decided that Nashville was just not the place for me anymore. Like it just, it, it was a young man's town and there's a, there's actually a Vince Gill song called young man's town. And I get that now. And, and it was, uh, it went from steel guitars and fiddles and telecasters to, to drum loops and rapping. And like, I don't know what the, can I cuss, by the way? Because I'm really trying hey, hard not to. Hey, it's a, it's a free world. That's a video podcast. You can do whatever you want, man. 
Oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, so <laughs> I decided, you know, like, and I'm, I hate to talk shit about anybody, and I won't talk shit about anybody, but, like, there's a lot of music on the radio, a lot of what you what you said, cookie cutter. That um, That music, as much as I hate it, kind of like woke everybody up to the fact that country music was dying and the people that really appreciate that craft and uh, really appreciate that art form, man, they, they started looking around for the actual thing. And that's, you know, uh, a lot of my fans uh, came through, you know, Cody Jinks and, and uh, Vladdy Morgan and Paul Coffin and Sonny Sweeney, like actual country artists. And it's, it's, as as much as I want to hate Florida Georgia Line, I can't help but appreciate the fact that they've driven so many people towards my music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, you know. Well, I mean, and, and like you said, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's along with anything else. I mean, the, the, the ship has already set sail. You know, you got to either be with it or against it. And I try not to hate it too much, but I, I can't listen to the radio. I mean, I'm showing my age. They just had the country awards, and I, I couldn't have told you ten people that was on there. No, I don't know, man. I, you know, and I've got, I've got some friends. Sorry, I just got grip. Took a put a piece of Nicorette in my mouth. Um, <laughs> I haven't had a cigarette, Josh. I haven't had a cigarette in twenty five days. Twenty five days. Man, that's an accomplishment. See, my my vice is uh, I weigh three hundred pounds, and I like sugar. I, I couldn't imagine living today without a Snickers bar. So hats off to you, dude. I'm man. I. I got sick. I had to, but like, uh, no nah, shit. I, I I went off on a train of thought and then forgot where I was. Uh, we were talking about the, the the awards, not recognizing who's on there. Oh yeah, uh, man. I've got some friends that are, you know, I'm friends with uh, brothers. Uh, uh, John Osborne, man. He's an old friend of mine. Brothers Osborne, man. I've known yeah. Jake Owen for years, and yeah. Man, I, I actually used to write with Sam Hunt. Like these are these guys that I've known a long time, you know. And and uh, with the exception of Brothers Osborne, man, I think what they're doing is great. But uh, and I love Jake, man. Jake's a great dude, and Sam's a really nice guy. Yeah. And every interaction that I've ever had with Luke Bryan, by the way, man, super great guy. Cannot stomach what they're doing musically, man. And and I know they're. They're making a living. They've got families. They've got crews. They're employing people. That's fine, man. I'm glad there are people to 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 keep that shit rolling for them. But man, I can't buy into it. Like it's just not what I do. And yeah. uh, it, it, it's really hard to, you know, when you're a songwriter and you're an artist and you're constantly looking around at what everybody else is doing and thinking, man, if I did more of that, maybe I'd be more successful. Or maybe if, maybe if I did more of that, more of this, I'd be more successful. But what it in my world and in, in what I do, like I, I think the, the the human element, the the, the imperfections, and the uh, you know the raw life, you know people don't hear that when they turn the radio on, and um, and I see my you know friends friends having great success doing other things, and I'm proud of them and I'm proud for them, but I don't know who the hell is recording these songs anymore, man. I just kind of look at them like. I don't know. It's like going to a homecoming game, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, and you're looking down. It's like, oh yeah, there's so and so's boy down there. He's going to school here now. But I, I don't know who the hell any of these people are anymore. Yeah. Well, you know, we were talking about the, the music we like, and then you know, along with the great outlaws. But like, you know, uh, even a Johnny Cash song or a George Jones. But 
I, my, on my personal taste, I like to feel the song. Like, I like the good hook, but I, I want to experience what's going on with it. Like, in order to play the kind of music like what you're doing and, and Cody Jinks and even this new kid, uh, Coulter Wall, in my opinion, I think that's his name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, you just, if you can't, if you can't feel the song, then it's just, you know, it's just processed. It's just like bubblegum pop, but it's just ramming it to you. You know, you can dance a little bit too, but what, what, where's the depth to it? Like, is this song going to last in 10 years? Just like we hear the dance right now by Garth Brooks. Is it still going to resonate in 10 years or is this just, Hey, let's make this money now. And then on to the next summer anthem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Man, boy, you want to talk about a song. Jeez. The dance, like that song is perfect. And it's, it's about so many things, but it, it's about one thing, you know, but it's about everything. And that's, yeah. you know, I, I can't, every now and then I'll end up on a country station and I'll hear some shit. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, I heard the one the other day. The uh, Sometimes it'd be like that. Hey, Josh. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it'd be like that. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is that about? Like, what is it about, man? Like, you... <laughs> That was a huge hit. It was a huge, huge hit. Now put that up next to the dance. It's exactly what you're saying. What yeah. the hell do you have to go through to be like that? Like nothing, man. But to to live the dance and to to have missed to 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 be able to realize that, man, life is pain, but but the journey isn't necessarily. Yeah. Like I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I get. That's yeah, I've been good. drinking, so you're going to be I'm, – I'm holding back. That's fine. That's all good. But, hey, Tony Arada sure knew what he was doing when he pinned that one. I'll, I'll give him that credit. Dude, the, the greatest compliment that I've ever had, and, I, and this is no bullshit, man. I I used to, uh, up until about six years ago, I would go to the same bar about three or four times a week and have beer with this group of guys – have beers with this group of guys. It was um, Pat Alger. Um, and Pat, man, like I said, I learned how to play piano, listen to Garth records. So I really got a kick out of hanging out with these guys, but like Pat Alger was in the group, Pat co-wrote Thunder Rolls and Unanswered Prayers and what she's doing now. And that summer, uh, Ralph Murphy was, was another, he's a great songwriter, but Tony Arata was one of the guys that would come in there every day. And the day my first record, uh, uh, the, the day that I picked the CDs up for 15 years in a 10-year town, um, I went down to the bar because Pat Alger and I had co-written 15 years that song together, and I wanted to give him some copies. Mm-hmm. And and Tony got there. He was the first one there of the, the group of old guys. And I slid him a CD across the uh, across the bar, and, and he looked at it. He flipped it over and slid it back. And I said, no, nah, man, I was like, I got enough for, for Pat. Here, take one with you. So... He took the cellophane wrap off of it, and he opened it up, and he closed it, and he, he looked at me, and he said, Ward, you wrote Unfair Weather Friend. And I said, yeah. And he got up off his stool, and he said, that's it. And he said, I'm out of here, man. I had no idea I was sitting next to a goddamn genius. Oh, and my I, God, dude. And I was like, Tony, sit. Like, what? Shut up, man. And <laughs> I was like, sit your ass down. And he... He sat back down. He said, "Ward, man, he's like, I had to pull my car off the road the first time I heard that song. Like, what a beautiful thing!" And uh, later that night, uh, I got an email from him, and he basically went through my entire record and just, man, it was it, it was the nicest, most complimentary thing. It, it's man, 
other than the actual uh, fact that William Rowe recorded one of my songs, man, the second biggest feather in my cap is that Tony Arada sent me that email that night. And yeah, that's uh, crazy, man. Uh, it, man, yeah, and man, I appreciate those guys, and I appreciate that talent. And that's just. I don't think Tony Arata could have done anything else with his life other than write songs, and I and I, I don't feel like that's the case with with a lot of the guys in town now. I think it's almost like a yeah, okay, I'll be a songwriter. Like, not how not how it's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, uh, I go to uh, Kimbrose every so often in Franklin, Tennessee. You may or may have heard of. It. Yeah, yeah, Kimbrose. And. Yeah, yeah, and um, it's the same scenario, and I'm not dissing anybody. I go there and show my support, and there's some great ones in there trying to do their thing, but it seems like every time you turn around, somebody will say to you they're a songwriter, like me saying to you that I'm a nuclear physicist. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I watched, listen, I, I've read a lot about nuclear physics, so I kind of know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I read, a, I read the article in Time last week. Yeah. That's it. Well, then you're oh, ready. Well, it's it's like every dickhead with a guitar thinks they can write a song. And man, a lot of times, dude, I put shit. I think I think songwriting is a talent. I think it's also a skill, man. And with any skill, you got to bust your ass at it. And you know, I, I don't want to hear a twenty-three year old kid singing about, uh, you know, <laughs> telling me about life when he has no idea what the hell he's talking about. Especially yeah. when it's executed so terribly. <laughs> I hear you. Well, I tell you what, in my opinion, and mine don't matter for nothing, but when old George Jones sang Who's Going to Fill Their Shoes, he must have knew, knew you were going to be around because I think you're doing it quite elegantly. I don't think he did. I, I don't. I, I don't. Shit, dude. The people he's singing about, there's no way I, I could ever fill their shoes. But. I think you're doing pretty good, man. Like I said, this whole album's great. There ain't no filler in any of it. I enjoyed it from top to bottom. Man, there, there are some... I think there's some guys out there. I think, you know, Cody Jinks being one of them and, and Chris Stapleton and Sturgill Simpson. And, Chris Groovy, yeah. And, and Tyler, man, Tyler Coulter, the, you know. Man, I think those guys are waving that flag. Um, you know, I get to be, you know, I, I'm um, whatever little part I get to be, you know, even if I'm just a even if my name's just getting dropped in an article about Cody or something, like it's it's so cool to be a part of something. Man, I think country music is just one of the most important art forms that ever came out of America, man. I don't think there's anything more American than country music. And man, to be a part of that and to be a part of that culture, it's it's humbling and it's exciting and it, it fuels me to, to keep going. Yeah. Well, was, uh, speaking of that, I mean, but your album, I mean, this this new album has been met with a ton of positive critical acclaim. I mean, uh, how do you feel about that? Does that phase you at all? What do you what do you think about everybody saying it's crazy? Man, I I try not to read the comments. I'll be honest. I've I've read, <laughs> you know, I, uh, saving country music is always uh, one that that I look at. To, I, I love seeing what Kyle thinks about what Trigger thinks about all those all the records that are coming out and, I, and he's always good for a laugh, but man, he, the only actual, uh, just top to bottom review that I've read of the record was his man. And it, it was, it was gleaming. Um, um, shit, dude, I'm, I, I don't feel like I'm doing like, and like I said, man, some of these songs are 16 years old 
Mm-hmm. So it's not anything that I'm doing right now. It's kind of something that I've always been doing, and I hope I always hope for the best. It's man, it's really really nice when you read nice things about yourself. But yeah, at the end of the day, like if he would have hated it, I would have, you know, I would have never looked at his website ever again. <laughs> <laughs> but but man, I don't think I, I don't really have a choice in the matter, Josh. Like I I, I know how to do what I do. Uh, because of where I'm from and because of what I grew up listening to and, and because of the people who taught me how to do it. And I'm I'm glad that it fits in somewhere. But, man, I, I just want to cut. I want to cut my best songs. I want to put my best foot forward. I want to I want to take time on records. Like, records are forever, man. You put those things out, like, that you can't pull them back. Like, they're out there. Once it, when it's vinyl, it's vinyl, baby. Yeah, it's out there in the ether. There's no turning back. Yeah, oh. and and I just man, I, I I am really proud of this record because there's so much of so much of me on it. But I and I'm and I'm glad that I'm glad that some people have listened to it and thought that it was good. Uh, I wanted it to be good, and I'm I'm glad they found whatever they needed in it. Yeah, well, it's it's fitting. It's a pro, it's it's much needed for the times. Uh, I, I think I read, and I just want to make sure I, I didn't look at this. Uh, was Scott in on this album? Yeah, he, he played uh, <laughs> uh, He played guitar on one of the songs. Actually, Scott and his wife, Pearl, Pearl sang harmonies. Pearl and I wrote, there's a song there called Thread that she and I wrote together. Yeah. Um, but I wrote this, my friend Greg Jones and I wrote this song called The Sound of Chains. And I needed a female vocal on it. Like, I needed the background. You know, I wanted, uh, I, I just, I needed a girl on it, man. I just needed it. And Pearl used to sing backup for uh, Motley Crue. Nice. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> I called her and I asked her if she'd mind singing harmony on it. And she said, sure. And so I sent them the tracks. And uh, and I asked Scott, I was like, man, as long as y'all got it, you know, if you want to put a guitar track on it, you know, I wouldn't say no, and he he just did it. You know, just to be nice. And uh, man, they're they're really cool. They're really dear friends. Very just the, the sweetest people in the world. I, I go back to my upbringing, and maybe you can relate to this. Uh, when I was a kid, man, rock and roll. Certain types of rock and roll were the devil. You know, the decline of modern civilization type thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, here's Anthrax, and their you know their uh, their logo is a. a flipped pentagram and and then here's this guy scotty and he's he's bald he's got this long goatee he's covered in tattoos he jumps around the stage he's sweetest guy calmest guy most one of the most humble kindest people that i've ever met um i i actually i texted him earlier and i scrolled up and i was reading some of the texts and i showed my buddy greg i was like look look at how this guy he's like the sweetest nicest guy like you just wouldn't he doesn't party he doesn't drink he doesn't do drugs he's a dad you know it's like um totally normal totally cool people not the devil as it turns out yeah that that just goes to show you can't always judge a book by its cover not at all man he and and how how kind and gracious of him to do that to me It, it comes up in every interview yeah, uh, and, yeah, I'm sure it does. Uh, and, you know, you know. Speaking of threads, that piano and fiddle combination on there is fire as well. 
Yeah, man. Uh, that was the last song we recorded for the record, and you know, it was it was gonna have to be broke down because we were in the midst of you know, COVID was still when I went in and recorded it. You know, it was kind of that. Oh God, who is it killing everybody or is it killing nobody? Like, what do we know? What, yeah. So I just I went in and um, God shoot me because I don't remember the girl's name offhand that plays fiddle on it, but she's she plays fiddle in the steel drivers. Uh, God, I feel like an ass for not knowing this. I hold on, her name's Tammy Rogers. Yes, thank you. Yes, yeah. Tammy Rogers, but she she played fiddle on it. And uh, I played piano, and then uh, my producer Moose Brown uh, played the uh, played the B three behind it. Um, yeah, I love that B three man. That 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 muddy water gospel river sounding piano man. That's 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 the stuff right there. Dreams are made of. Dude, he's a uh, Moose. His name's Moose Brown. He um he's actually a member of the Silver Bullet Band, Bob Seger's band. Oh heck yeah. He's played on like millions and millions of records. Like he's just he's one of the studio guys in, in Nashville, but he's also a Grammy winning songwriter. He wrote uh it's five o'clock somewhere and um, among other hits that he's had, but man, yeah. what a yeah. I, I I'm really blessed in the fact that I get to work with this, this people with such immense talent and, and and it doesn't help that a lot of them are connected like Velcro and I end up with like like I said, Tammy Rogers playing on there. Had a fun time speaking with the next guest on the Uncharted podcast, producer-director Aaron Fromm. Now, he's got a short film that's on YouTube and several other outlets right now called Sessions with Stan. It's a never-before-heard recording of Stan the Man Lee of Marvel comic fame, the man responsible for Spider-Man, the X-Men, the Incredible Hulk, and many, many more. We talk about that and more with Aaron next on the Uncharted podcast. Boys and girls, I've got Aaron Fromm with me, which is a fantastic name. It, it it looks like it's spelled like you're from somewhere else. What is your nationality, sir, or what what is your heritage? I should say. I'm from LA. I'm Polish Lithuanian, I think, but I'm from I'm from Los Angeles. Thanks for asking. Yeah, it just it just looks like like because you know we have the Predators here, and I'm a hockey fan. It looks like a big, strong like like Norwegian defenseman or something. I I didn't know, but um, thanks. Anyway, like I said, I want to touch on this topic. Uh, you know, out of nowhere, when the world really needed it, you uh, provided a clip of Stan Lee. And, uh, you know, I'm a 38-year-old, 300-pound hillbilly man. And um, it made me tear up. I mean, it's so endearing, even though he's dropping F-bombs. And just thank you for sharing. And uh, just uh, tell us the reason about it, behind it, if you don't mind. Oh, uh, you know, I had it. I, I found it one day on my computer. And I was like, oh, man, it would be fun to do something with this. So, you know, I make a lot of cartoons. And so uh, I just thought, like, let's crank it into overdrive and make something cool with this and put it out and see how it goes. Yeah, it's great. So not only did you narrate and everything, did you create uh, the the animation as well? I'm not I'm not the animator. A really talented guy named Richard Plata animated it, and a designer named Cos Perry did the the stand design. I just direct and produced. Very cool. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's so awesome either way. And uh, you spent you spent a lot of time with the great Stanley, according to what you said. Uh, what kind of person was he? What what was he like? Was he like how we all imagine? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much a hundred percent as advertised. So yeah, that's so cool. He uh, uh, one thing I've regretted through my life is that a few years ago I was doing some interviews at a Nashville comic convention. 
he was there and his line was wrapped around like three to four times over. Like, uh. like, like, you know, going to see Taylor Swift or Motley Crue or something. Sure. And I was like, well, you know, he's already in his late nineties. I'll catch him next year. And freaking next year never came. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, was, it was, it was, you know, I thought, I thought he had another good 30 years in him when he died. Yeah. You know, I think it was the only time everyone's ever been surprised that a 95 year old man died, but yeah, it was he, just, it was, it was surprising. <laughs> Yeah, he'd been around. He created everything that that I enjoyed, and and you know, and then some. Yeah, you don't ever, you know, it, it always hit you like, wow, he's finally, you know, he went. But uh, what a great man! Thank you for sharing. And you know, I looked, you know, at your resume there and everything on Instagram, direct director, producer. You do documentaries. I saw this Stardust Cowboy film, and it intrigued me. Are you allowed to talk about that at all, a little bit? I or? can't talk too much about it. It's actually why I'm going to have to go in a little bit. I'm working on it right now, but. uh <laughs> Tell me what you want to know, and I'll let you know what I can talk well, about. I, I cover, you know, I cover mainly uh, music and entertainment here on the old podcast. You know, being in Nashville, Music City, I just didn't know if it had any ties to music or, or, or in that aspect. If you could mention any of that at all, it has some ties to music for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's by the guys who uh, the, the uh, director and uh, producer of Devil and Daniel Johnston, and it's going to be fucking insane. That's all I can tell you about it right okay. now. But it's going to uh, be. It's going to be really something special. Uh, so, uh, and I, you know, I'm completely unbiased. I, I'm not, I have no reason to flatter anyone. It's going to be, it's going to be nuts. Uh, That's awesome. So yeah. Yeah. And if you like the stand thing, there are, there are some, there, are, I, I think you'll like it too. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, we'll just leave that at that. So, and then you did the, you did the um, the Mike Judge uh, Tales from the Tour Bus. What what was that like? I, I haven't got to see any of that. I, I don't know what provider carries it or like. Is it Netflix? Or it, yeah, it was very confusing. It was uh, it, it it aired I think in America on Cinemax and then uh, everywhere else. I think it was on HBO and now you can get it I think on Amazon and YouTube and stuff. But yeah, check it out. I mean, it was a very fun series to work on. I was on it from the beginning. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's basically, it's a, it's a music documentary series by, by Mike Judge. So it's an animated music documentary series. Uh, sure. and, uh, yeah, the, the George Clinton, I mean, I worked on all of them in some capacity, but the George Clinton one is, that one's my little crack baby. It's my favorite. So, uh, <laughs> if you get a chance, check it out. It's a, it's yeah. a lot of fun. For sure. Okay. Uh, one more question. And like I said, thank you for being generous with your time. But but the origin story, are you from L.A.? How did you get into such an awesome uh, gig? Because guys like me, we have our nine-to-fivers that we dread, but you seem like you have the greatest job in the world. <laughs> which which gig are we talking about? The stand gig? No, uh, any, well, any of it. You know, just producing, directing, being involved. I, uh, I, I, when I was like 18 or 19 years old, I was helping a buddy of mine out on a documentary about Stan Lee. Uh, and so through that, I ended up getting introduced to everyone. And then I just kind of became, you know, a go-to person they'd call whenever they needed shit done. Uh, and uh, yeah, everything else, who knows? It's all been, it's all chaos, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, well, so how many hits does it have thus far? Do you have it? I think YouTube? it just hit a quarter million. But uh -huh. some dude ripped it immediately and put it on Twitter, and that one got way more views than my YouTube videos get. Wow, you've got to find him and sue his pants off then. No, well, what are you going to do, you know? Well, uh, but, uh, yeah, so I think on YouTube it, it just passed a quarter million a little bit ago, and, uh, you know, we'll see. Hopefully it uh, 
hopefully it stays up and hopefully uh <laughs> Hopefully there will be many more views to come. We'll see what's up. It seems like everybody really likes it. So yeah, yeah, everybody loves it, myself included. Is there going to be more in the future? Is there going to be anything else like this, or is this a one-off? This with Stan, I don't think so. Uh, but I have probably five other. You know, a lot of people are asking if I have more stuff development at that level, and I do. I've got probably five more projects at at that level of of two D animation coming out. Hopefully sometime next year. It takes a really long amount of time. And also on my channel, there's, you know, I, I did a short also kind of in that level called Ovarian Cyst that I don't know if you saw it, but check that one out if you get a chance. Uh, writing, that one. I was, yeah, I was writing it down as you were talking. I saw that at the top of your Instagram. Well, hey, uh, get after it. Thank you so much. And I'll send you this when uh, when I put it on the pod. I appreciate your time. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Later, right, Take care. All right, bye. bye. This singer-songwriter wears many hats, and that's not just because he's a professional hat maker. Chris Roberts is up next on the Uncharted Podcast. Here we go. Sorry, man. I don't know. I got another. I got another phone call. You know, I don't know technology. You're a, you're a big important man. It happens. <laughs> no, I'm not that important. I promise. That's cool. <laughs> no, it's cool. Uh, um, but anyway, sorry, I don't know when y'all lost, when you lost me, but you, you were talking about that, uh, hate when you're, uh, I'll just start over with hate when you're gone. The reason that hate, hate when you're gone came about when we were, uh, we got pushed to California after when COVID hit and we were just didn't know what we were doing exactly, except for we knew that we had to write. And, uh, I just walked out of the bedroom most mornings and said, Hey, what do you think about this? and just had ideas and sometimes I had full songs sometimes I did not but that morning was just I just turned to the keyboard player Jake Abernathy and said I want to do a keys I want to do a keys song and I want it to you know be something you know play play the keys let me write something and you play the keys like Elton John yeah <laughs> and wow. uh, you know and uh and then and then after breakfast we uh, you know sat down and was like hey what do you think about this line what do you think so that was a that was a complete group group effort there on that song mm -hmm. um some songs i do myself some songs uh you know there's other ones where you know eli wolfmeyer the lead guitar player will come with something he's a good writer uh you know i do plenty of writing by myself but it's it's whichever one makes in whichever one makes it to the table you know I hear you, man. I hear you. Quarterback's only as good as his front yeah. line. Well, yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to take. I ain't trying to take credit for. It. I don't care who, whatever. It's either good or it's not. But sure, I write. I do a lot of writing, but uh, people, you know, they do a lot of playing, do some, do some writing themselves too. So I got you. the the collective collaboration. Does. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a it's a it's yeah it's a it's a group it takes a it takes a group man it takes a group effort I think to make the kind of stuff that we're making I believe it takes a a whole group effort uh, you know I'm just I'm I, yeah I quarterback but uh, you know <laughs> no then there's you know <laughs> yeah. ten other players on the field. You got to throw the ball. To, you got to throw the ball to somebody. <laughs> well, hey, at least you're awesome enough to, you know, to to give credit where credit's due. You'd you'd be surprised how many don't. So mm -hmm. I admire you for that. Well, that's not even a thing with me. I mean, I don't even I don't know how to not be honest. Uh, I, that's not <laughs> a fault of mine. If anything, I've gotten in way more trouble. 
from, from telling the truth than lying. So I hear you. You know. Well, that's because yeah. a lot of a lot of people can't take it, especially if it's if it's you know raw and to the point. But you know, it, it makes for good music anyway. Um, next question. You were talking about you know COVID kind of canceled your plans. I was reading where you were doing like a Texas tour and then made your way to like Joshua Tree and recorded. That was pretty interesting. Can you discuss that a little bit? Yeah, that was that was absolutely what I was talking about. Is 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 that song that uh, all the new songs that you're gonna hear on the on this new record is that's what happened. And uh, a few of them were ones that I did uh, a while back that we kept that you know that kind of liked. But um, yeah, when when the tour got canceled because COVID hit and it was just so weird. We were in the middle of Texas and on a big stage and there was you know. Uh, smoke blowing out and the whole deal and yeah. all that stuff and there's and there's one guy sitting there with earplugs in and everybody else is is, is sanitizing the room you know, <laughs> we knew that everything was done and so we turned the bus we turned the bus and went to uh joshua tree and found a found a studio attached to a house where we could be uh quarantined and just do what we do because we don't we didn't know but uh that's it we just every day it was just let's make up a new song and uh i would i normally you know i quarterback and uh everybody kind of we just kind of did it you know and got it but uh it turned out to be a blessing in disguise i know that these times are really weird and and it's hard to see the good stuff but for us um with these great musicians to get pushed up against the wall and not know what you're supposed to do and just lock us in a place to write and do it and have our own studio to do it. These are the songs that you're going to get some songs out of it. Cause that's what we do. That's what we do. And uh, that's what you're getting. That's what you're going to hear. And a lot of the songs that are going to come out on this album are, I, I was feeling the emotions of, of COVID, missing loved ones, mm-hmm. but a lot of them are, some of them are, are, are pretty rock and roll. You're going to get a little bit of everything, you know, right. some are rock and roll saying like, you, you know, you're not, you, you ain't going to get me down kind of thing. And then some <laughs> of them are like, I miss, I miss you, baby, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, I hear you. What's yeah. a good variety? Yeah, so all um, the emotions. Yeah. Uh, and, and you seem to have coined the phrase rock and roll hippie country. How did you come up with that? How do I come up with anything? I don't know. <laughs> Cause I, cause I, I don't know because I just I just start talking and talk like a like a goofy hippie country boy, I guess. I hear. I just like that. I thought that was cool. That's a new genre that uh, has yet to be tapped. I think you're the front runner. Well, <laughs> I think. Well, I don't know about that. I think it. I think it all leads back to. There's no way. I mean, that leads back to southern rock. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure you know when I was sitting at the Almond Brothers place at the big house in Georgia, that uh, you know I felt everything that that was going through them, and they were just country hippies, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so was so was Leonard Skinner. They were country hippies. It's just uh, so is Willie Nelson. He's a yeah. country hippie. So <laughs> I don't think it's. I don't think it's anything. I don't think I'm starting anything new. Or, or it's just, uh, you know, I just say some new words. You know. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. New, yeah. A new spin on it. Um, this new this new album that's coming out uh, with all these songs on it. 
does it have a title and when will everybody be expecting it? Well, that's a, probably a good question for uh, the management. <laughs> I I don't I don't I don't really know. I don't I don't know is whenever I would love to, for people to have it as, as fast as they can so they can see the different songs instead of just instead of just hate when you're gone, you know, or remember that's me that's out there. Yeah. I would like them to hear the rock and roll stuff and the rest of the things, but it's just I guess it takes time to for whatever to to build up, but um, I'm hoping that it comes out soon. Um, there is it, there's no title besides Chris Roberts. It's a from what I've seen, it's a white it's a white uh, thing, but it's got my it's got my symbol on it. So my symbol is a feather. Yeah, right it's, uh, my feather. It's my feather. It's what I've got on my arm. It's on my bust. It's gonna it's on my t-shirt. It's uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's me, you know, because I also have the hat company. Uh, I don't know if you know about that, but um, I've got yeah. the I, yeah, yeah, I've got the hat company, so I stick a lot of. I, I'm I'm pretty big into feathers, so yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I got, I got, and I'm feeding the birds outside, so yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I saw that. That was gonna be one of my questions. Uh, your your hat company. Uh, how how did you get? It? I mean, they look like awesome hats. Uh, how did you get into becoming a hat maker? Uh, is that what you technically call it? Just making hats. Yeah, I mean, it was just as it was really it was just as simple as I couldn't find a, a cool enough hat that I wanted to wear, uh -huh. and uh, I started kind of doing it in my garage a little bit, and then when people people just wouldn't leave me alone and about they wanted one, whatever, and they want one, and then it was just like that, and then I, I was like, man, I guess, it, it, what, again, am I going to become a hat maker? This is before <laughs> I played, I didn't even play music then, you know, Yeah. Uh, this was just a short time ago, so the music thing has happened quick, but uh, I uh, I went to Salt Lake City, Utah, and found, and found some equipment, learned how to make them from scratch. And with the best material, and then I uh, started just decorating them the same way that I was, and then eventually it grew to where I could hire people to do it, <laughs> to do it, and taught taught some other hat makers, and then I I sat around and uh, and played the guitar and made sure that every all the hats were okay and looked cool, and then somebody said, "Are you serious? Are you not? Do you not play music like out?" And I said, "No, I just." <laughs> sit here and play music <laughs> and uh and then uh, i started so then i started playing music a little bit out and about and then that's when i started meeting uh, a few folks court lashler my manager um who's worked with some some people you know i'll leave it at that but he's he's a, he's a well-accomplished man and uh then yeah now uh, we're just kind of building building blocks I hear you. that was that, that was my uh, my uh, last question for him, which I found so intriguing. Is that uh, you didn't you didn't ever uh, picture yourself pursuing music? It kind of just you know followed you. Uh, so how how does this all grow to become to be? Because it seems like it's all uh, you know it's all merging in the right direction. I I can't really tell you to be honest. Uh, before I go up on stage, I I thank a few people that are upstairs. And uh, and say please, you know, not let me make it 
silly of myself. <laughs> silly of myself. But, uh, you know, it's just music is in me. I can feel it. My grandmother uh, played the organ uh, in, uh, church, in church choir, but I didn't really know her too well. But I, um, And then I picked up the guitar when I was, oh, 20. I was 20 years old or something and never thought I could really play it. Um, but and then I just kind of started and then shoot you can hear me talk I can I can rhyme I can rhyme baby (laughs) I'm just kidding I just I I I put real emotion and I put real emotion and rhymes out there I guess and uh and then I like to rock and roll you're talking to a real you know I grew up in Austin Texas and I'm proud of that I live in Colorado now and I'm proud of that but I am proud of everything that I've done. And I, you're talking to a real rock and roll uh, cow slash hippie cowboy that likes to get down. I have fun. That's it. I have fun and, I, and I'm ready, but I feel a lot of emotions and I just put them out there. That's great. And then try and make every, and try and make everybody else feel them. And it seems like they do. It seems like everybody kind of gets it, you know, yeah. I'm a half performer. Half performer, half get, you know, singer. <laughs> well, uh, I I really dig what you're doing and appreciate your efforts to the you know to the cause. Um, where's the best way to find you as far as to, to catch you on new stuff on your social medias or your website? Where where can people connect with you the easiest? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my strong. It's not my strong suit. Uh, but it's official. Official Chris Roberts. I believe is is my Instagram, and you can find it now. Just I, I don't know if Corey's there, but uh, you can you can look you can just look it up. It's Chris Chris Roberts official or the the official Chris Roberts. One or the other is gonna get you gonna get you there, and, and uh, you can see what's going on. I, I would love to get you know I'd like for all this silly stuff to to uh, come to an end and get get out there. Um, and and do it again. I had fun, you know, in Tennessee not not too long ago with Blackberry. That uh-huh. was great to see some folks and 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 do the do the thing again. Um, but it sure would be good to to get back out there. And we need and we need to work. You know, it's hard it's hard not not to not to be able to work. So, oh no doubt. Well, hey Chris, man, it's been a thrill. Uh, Chris Roberts here with us. Uh, be sure to check out his social and his new music. And uh, hopefully, when the world opens back, we can get you down here around Middle Tennessee and watch you rock out for us. Hey man, you, you tell me when and where, and I'll be there, baby. And that wraps up another edition of the Uncharted Podcast. Special thanks to my guests, Ward Davis, Aaron Fromm, and Chris Roberts for lending their talents and discussing their crafts. And most important, thank you, the listeners, because without you, none of this would be a reason. None of this would be possible. I'm truly grateful to you. You keep listening. I'm going to keep pumping them out because I love it, and I love that you listen to it. Um, you know, If you know anybody you think would be a great guest, have them hit me up, Josh Belcher at Hotmail. I want you to have a great week. I want you to buckle down and get ready for whatever holiday you celebrate. Um, You know, me, it used to be just Christmas. Now it's like happy holidays, happy Kwanzaa, happy Hanukkah, happy moon over Miami, happy whatever. 
But whatever you're doing, enjoy it. Be safe. Have a good time. Don't stress over it. And remember, family, friends, and gathering is more important than the material stuff that everybody's going to be spending their hard-earned money on. And uh, remember, as always, I love you for you and where you're at in life. And I will catch you next week later on down the line. Josh Belcher, Uncharted Podcast. Over now. Thank you.